Hi, I'm Jacqueline, and this is Mothering Through. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mothering Through. Uh, I'm currently in my closet, just recording this episode. It's a little um, different. Normally, I record these intros like in the evening when my kids are asleep. Harper's sleeping. Brooklyn's here in the closet with me, listening to me. And it's been a rough morning. Yeah. I'm all about keeping it real. And um, yeah, it's been a rough morning, you guys. I woke up. Brooklyn came in my bed this morning at 6 a.m. Said she wasn't feeling well. So I normally I send them back, try to send them back to bed. Um, but... Yeah, I let her stay because she wasn't feeling well, and then she fell back asleep, and then, anyway, she hasn't felt well all morning, and then it's just, I don't know, I feel like I woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. Like, everything has set me off, and everything has made me grumpy, and I feel like I'm getting very frustrated very quickly, and if you'd like to know, yes, I did yell at Brooklyn today (laughs) at the top of my lungs, and it was not my proudest moment, but if I'm just keeping it real... Yeah, that's just what happened. So if you are also having a rough day today, um, just know that I'm right there with you and I'm sending you love. And um, that kind of leads me into what I was, uh, what we're going to talk about today with my friend Ashley, who is a a military wife and mom. And make sure you stick around to the very end because she has some really, really great advice um, for those, for all moms who are just trying to do the best that they can. Um, but before we get to the episode, I just wanted to check in and say, how was your mother's day yesterday? Uh, mine was, it was great. It was so great. Definitely a contrast from yesterday to this morning for sure. Um, (laughs) you can hear Brooklyn in the background. Did you say, yep. (laughs) It was great. We, I, Silas got up with the kids and he made me breakfast and he just treated me. It was what? It was so yummy. You didn't even have any of mine. I know. You had oatmeal. I had French I, toast. I, you have, I tried some of your strawberry, too. You tried some of my strawberry? You mean blueberry? Oh, my chocolate-covered strawberry? Yeah, that's true. We got chocolate-covered strawberries. Anyway, so it was a great day, and Silas just treated me all day. And I. it's funny because our very first, my very first Mother's Day as a mom, I, like, had all these expectations, and I was just like, oh, wow my first mother's day as a mom and I was just like so excited to celebrate it and like whatever and um (laughs) Silas didn't know any of my expectations so they were shattered because I didn't tell him what I expected like so every mother's day since he always approaches me and says so what are your expectations for mother's day are you expecting a gift are you expecting me to like he just and he knows that it's a big deal to me and I was Actually, I was telling him, like, why I feel like Mother's Day is so important. And, you know, I think that we get so stuck in our routine and we feel so, I don't know, just we feel so used to like, this is my job. I do this every day. And so it's easy to get 
into such a routine that we forget to be appreciated. Like the people around us can often forget to appreciate us. And I have a great husband who definitely recognizes the things that I do for him. But Mother's Day is a great time to really, really, really feel validated and recognized. And um, I have to tell a funny story. I think my favorite gift for Mother's Day was, so I really didn't do much issue. Like I said, like Silas took over the whole day. He made breakfast. He got the girls ready for the most part. He changed all the diapers. Like he did everything. He made me this delicious steak dinner because I love steak. Like I love yeah, steak. I like that too. Oh, okay. But he made me this delicious steak dinner. It was honestly some of the best steak I've ever had. Like better than restaurant quality. Oh, I just thinking about it makes me happy. And I also had some for leftovers today. So that was a fun treat. But anyway, so he was just like overwhelmed, like obviously, because he was doing a lot of stuff and his brain was all over the place. He was trying to cook the steaks and he was trying to um, keep track of the kids. And we have this like um, we have like a, a water filter that's like in our sink. Um, it's like a separate faucet on our sink. And I don't I can't tell you. And it, and it like the flow's not like really a lot. So um, wow. <laughs> When you turn it on, I like sit my cup or whatever on the counter. And when you turn the water on, you can't hear it filling up whatever it is you're filling up, whether it's a cup or a bowl or whatever it is. And so I always forget because like I'll because it's kind of slow. So I'll turn it on and then I'll go do something else. And then I just completely forget that I was filling up my water. And the amount of times that I have overflowed and I haven't even noticed until I can hear the water dripping onto the floor like I, it's probably been like five or six and Silas gives me such a hard time and he sits there and he goes, I don't understand. Like, how could you possibly forget that you're filling something up? Anyway, it happened to him yesterday and it felt like sweet, sweet justice. Oh my gosh. It was honestly the best mother's day gift he could ever have given me. And I just said, that's what it's like to be a mom. He's like, well, I'm just so busy. I'm thinking about so much stuff. And I was like, yeah, you are. See, because he would be like, how could you possibly forget you're filling up a cup? How could you possibly forget that? And now he knows. And it was it was seriously so validating because I was like, yeah, on the one day that you're the mom today, that you're taking over my job and you forget that you're filling your cup up like, oh, anyway, it was I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. Truly. It was so amazing. So anyway, it was a great day. And then I woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. So here we are. Um, so a new week, which means a new opportunity to promote a small business. Yay. So I want to tell you about this small business. So this business is called the fluid line and it's a really cute little Etsy shop, um, by a lady named Jen Volts. And um, she does lovingly hand-drawn portraits and specialty gifts. And then she also does commissions. So it's an art Etsy shop and it's really cool. She makes pencil portraits. Um, she does prints. She makes keychain, jewelry, greeting cards, and postcards. So highly recommend you go check her out. I will go ahead and link her Etsy shop in the show notes. And then I will also link her Etsy shop on my Instagram, on my story. So please go check her out. Give her some love if you need any kind of art stuff. Um, art projects, that kind of thing. She's your gal. So um, anyway, but I want to get to today's episode. Um, I'm really excited about it. We had a really cool conversation about just the unique um, challenges of being in the military 
and the not so unique challenges of being a mother in the military and just being a mother in general. So please, without further ado, uh, please welcome my friend Ashley. All right. Yay. So um, first of all, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Ashley, this is my friend Ashley. I'm going to let her introduce herself, but I'm going to start out by saying uh, it's currently 8.15 p.m. my time and it's 11.15 a.m. her time because you're in Korea. I am in Not Korea. Northern Korea. Not, no. Not the um, North. They, it's frowned upon as an American to <laughs> move to North Korea. <laughs> yeah, I, that would be very scary. I'd be very afraid for you if you were in North Korea. I have Korea. been in North Korea technically though. Have you? Have you we really? Did. We did. I We traveled to the border and when you go to the joint security area there on a tour, you get to go into one of the buildings there. And then in the building, you cross to the other side of the building and you are technically over the border to North Korea. So that's oh like my. the fun fact about me is I have technically been within North Korean borders. So. That's actually really cool. Um, I'm glad you did it in a safe way, though, and not in like a actually travel their way. Because I would. Yeah, I didn't try to break in. No, that that's wasn't good. Yeah. yeah. Cause you'd be in jail probably. And you would never get out. I would probably be dead. Let's yeah. All right. Well, can you tell me a little bit about who you are? Uh, tell me about your family, any details you want to let us know about, tell me about your husband, how you guys met, how long you've been married. So I am married to Brandon. He, we've been married. It will be 13 years in September, which kind of blows my mind a lot. And we met, um, when, I, so I lived in Belgium for a year and a half in high school and he was on his serving a mission for our church in Brazil. And then we moved back to the same house we had lived in before Belgium. And six months later, he came home from his mission and I got a call from this couple. We didn't really know each other. Um, he had been friends with my brother, but I didn't care about my brother's friends. <laughs> and I get a call from somebody in our ward and he's saying, Hey, my, my son just got home from his mission and we are trying to take all of our kids all of our adult children to the temple. And we have these three little grandsons that need to be babysat while we're at the temple. So would you and your younger brother be willing to do that? And so I was like, yeah, I'll always take a babysitting gig. That's awesome. And so he came and picked us up and we went and babysat these kids and I met Brandon and it was not a love connection. I <laughs> thought he was cute. Um, he was having a hard time speaking English cause he'd been speaking Portuguese for two years. So I thought he had like a speech impediment or something. <laughs> and anyway, we didn't really think anything of it. Um, but I guess his mom really liked me. So his mom was like, Hey, like you should ask her out. And he's like, I think she's like 16. And I wasn't I was 18. <laughs> he's but like, I was I'm a, not a pedophile. <laughs> yes. But I was in high school. I was a yeah. senior in high school. So anyway, then we just basically started. I'm trying to think we ended up going, my brother kind of set us up on a date. Um, it was Christmas Eve. Actually. I remember it was on Christmas Eve. It was really quickly thrown together. It was super awkward. I left thinking he was just like boring. He left thinking I was super uptight and we didn't like really like each other. And then we, one of us friended the other one on Facebook and then we just got to talking and we spent two weeks staying up until 3am talking on Facebook. And then he finally got the nerve to ask me out. And then we basically were inseparable since then. Um, and then we got married <laughs> next September. So we like <laughs> met September when he got home and then got married a year later. So, and I had graduated high school, like three <laughs> um, I remember coming to your wedding and I yeah, was like, she's a baby. Was, and you know, you... what's 
What's funny is at the time I felt like I've experienced so much. Like I know yeah, so you're much. Like, I'm so old. I'm a grown up. Yeah. And now I'm 31 now. And I look back and I'm like, I can see why people <laughs> freaked out on us. <laughs> so I'm like, you're like, oh, oh. like okay. I see 18 year olds now. And, and you're I'm like, like, what? Yeah. Oh crap. And it was so almost funny. 19. It was three weeks from 19. So maybe that's a little better. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, so then we um, we'd been married nine months when I got pregnant with my first baby. Um, and we basically, we have five kids now and, um, age and how old is your oldest? So my oldest just turned 11 in February okay. and then our youngest turns two later this month. Um, and that's just, it's been super fun for the most part. It's had its struggles and it's yeah. just been, Yeah. reason I wanted to talk to you was because you have a unique experience that's you know mm-hmm. a unique motherhood experience yes, I'm just so special <laughs> and um <laughs> you're a military wife and mom I am and so tell me about yeah. that tell me about how how long after you were married did Brandon decide to join the military and kind of like why did he decide to join and then how did that impact your relationship and your I don't know, your family going forward. So people tend to, people that know us think that the plan was always the military, specifically Mm -hmm. the army, because Brandon's dad was army for 40 years. And so people just kind of think like, oh, well, yeah, of course he went into that. Brandon's the baby of the family. He's the youngest of five. And, but that really wasn't the case. It was kind of, it was the opposite. Brandon had always said, I don't want to join the military. I don't want to have to be somewhere where I'm going to be away from my family. Like he never wanted to join the military. Um, and so we had been married a few years. I wasn't pregnant with my second yet. So I know, um, so Colette must've been a year old or something. So we've been married maybe two and a half years and he started feeling kind of a pull to look into the military. So he started looking into the air force at the time. Um, he had looked into enlisting and, and I don't actually remember what the reason was. It just, I remember he just was like, I really feel like I need to look into enlisting in the air force. And so we looked into it. He actually filled out all the paperwork. We got everything turned in to like, cause you still have to kind of apply like, yeah, like the army in particular will kind of take anybody when you're enlisting, but like, you do still have to, like, there's still an application process. So we had turned everything in. And then that night we went to bed and we couldn't sleep and we felt awful. We were like, that is not the right decision. And we didn't know why. And so he actually called his recruiter who was kind of a jerk to us about it at this point. Cause we'd like wasted his time. Yeah. He told him pull all of it, like pull, pull the application. We're not doing it anymore. So we, we just kind of thought, Oh, maybe that was the quickest way for us to realize this was the wrong decision. So we didn't really think about the military at all anymore. And, um, Brandon graduated from BSU, um, with a bachelor's in social work. And then he realized he didn't want to be a social worker. And he, I mean, to make a very long story short, it just seemed like every job he went to, every opportunity he sought after door after door just kind of got slammed in his face is kind of how he felt until pretty soon he starts feeling this pull toward the military again. And this time 
he ended up going for army and went to commission as an officer. And it basically came down to, cause a lot of people are like, Oh, why not the air force? And cause generally speaking, most people feel like the air force is like the better one to join. And it was basically the air force was like, we can get you an interview in a year. And the army was like, we can get you an interview in a week. And Brandon was in a job. He was a 911 dispatcher. He was really bad at his job. And I can say that because he just, <laughs> it's a hard job and yeah. he just wasn't good at it. And he was finishing up his training and he knew he was going to be jobless in two weeks. And we had three kids at the time. Yeah. And so he was like, then I'm going to go with the army because I can't afford to not have a job. So that's what he did. He, he went in, he interviewed for, to commission as an officer. And then he left 12 days later for basic training and, um, was gone for five months. That's fast. It was fast. We is that how fast it goes? No matter like, is that always how fast it goes? So I don't know. So my friend who's actually visiting me in South Korea right now, it was a very similar thing for her. And wow. That's crazy. We basic training together. And they basically, I think she said they had 10 or 11 days from the time he signed his contract until he left for basic. We were expecting five to six weeks. I don't know why we were thinking that. Wow. But so yeah, you so got we, a little bit of a wake up call little bit of a wake up call. There was a lot of struggle at the beginning yeah. and a lot of therapy. And, um, <laughs> but so, and so you asked how it impacted our marriage and honestly, like it, I think it impacted our marriage for the better in the long run. Um, cause so I had a lot of codependent behaviors and tendencies. Um, I wouldn't go to the grocery store by myself because I, need to have my husband there because heaven forbid if something like I had really bad anxiety and I didn't realize it and heaven forbid something bad happens at the grocery store and I can't figure it out. Heaven forbid right. my card doesn't work. Like what if my mm -hmm. credit card doesn't work and I can't figure it out. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I laugh about that now. Cause I'm like, well, now I'm living in another country and I have been places where they won't take my card. And somehow I, <laughs> and you're like, out. and it's fine. And it's fine. <laughs> but in the moment you're out. like freaked out. Yeah. And, and back then, yeah, it was so hard. And so I had a lot of codependent stuff. So when I was going to therapy, that actually helped me realize like, Oh, I'm actually like a functioning adult. Like I can actually like do stuff. Yeah. Like I can go to the grocery store with my three kids and no one's probably going to get kidnapped and we're probably not going to die. <laughs> it was, so it actually, dude, anxiety is such a weird thing. It is such a jerk because I know it's, it's rude. It's so Super rude. It's not logical. And I it's know. just like, anyway, and I still get like, anxiety and things like that. You know, like I, it's not something where it's like, I got over my anxiety and now I never mm -hmm. struggle with it. Like I still struggle with my mental health and, and with anxiety, but it's so much better. And Brandon had actually told me not too long ago. He's like, I honestly think one of the reasons that we felt so pulled to the military was for you. And he was like, and I don't mean that in like a bad way. He's like, okay. I love that I married. He was like, but the person that you've become through all of this, he's like, is just like so much He's like, this was like the person that I didn't know how, how I'm trying to think of how he said it. Cause it wasn't offensive. It wasn't like a mean, right. Guy. He's like, this was the woman I didn't know I was like in love with. Yeah. That's you know, really like, cool. was like, I didn't know that this was the potential in that, a way. Like this was somebody who was inside of you. Yes, of exactly. Like, that, that was just trying to get out and didn't yeah. know how to. And so, and of cool. course I'm not perfect. Of course I like, I snap at my husband over stupid things. I'm a textbook <laughs> overthinker is what I've learned about myself through my latest <laughs> therapy endeavors. Um, but yeah, like, so it's, it's actually been really incredible for our marriage in that way, because I've just, I feel like there's been a lot of personal growth on my end 
not necessarily because of a ton of stuff I've done, but just because of the circumstances, like I could choose to just be miserable Mm -hmm. or I could choose to like, you know, let's figure some of this out. And, and so I do give myself some credit because there was a lot of work involved, but it was as you should. Yes. But it was like, yeah. So there's just been a lot of personal growth. It's been good. So what do you feel like was, because it was so quick. So what do you feel like was, were some of the like first kind of challenges that you faced that you realized like, Oh, this is, I don't know about like, did you ever have that thought when like once he left? Cause he was gone, you said for 10 days and then he came back and then he left for five months. Right. Um, so he wasn't gone. So he was, sorry, that wasn't clear. So he left or he signed his contract and then we actually did a impromptu trip to Disneyland before okay. he left just as a family is kind of a last yeah. straw. Yeah. Um, and so he signed his contract and he left for basic 12 days after he signed his contract, but he was okay. home. Okay. School. Okay. And then he left for, yeah. for five months. And then he left for five months. Okay. And I actually, so, yeah, I went and saw him after 10 weeks. Cause I went to his basic training graduation. Okay. It was just me. And it was for three days. And then I went and saw him again after his officer school graduation for a week. Um, and then he came home. Okay. So. Okay. So, I mean, again, that's still like really fast to like mentally prepare yourself to be like, okay, we're, we're doing this. Like, this is the life we're going to lead now. So what do you feel like, like, what was your, what was your thought process when you, when you got into that and you're like, okay, this is my life. Like what was like a change that you saw or like something you weren't expecting or how did you feel? Something that's interesting about when your spouse joins the military is what, especially when you weren't planning on that. Like, especially when it wasn't something that we had been thinking about for years and years and years and like planning on doing Mm -hmm. is I was mourning, not just like my husband is gone for five months, but I was mourning like the loss of the life I thought I would have. And I think that can be said for any kind of circumstance, any time anything changes, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I think my husband's going to be a doctor and he decides to be a lawyer instead. Like you could do the same thing. You go through kind of a mourning process. So I'm not saying like that's unique to like me or military spouses, but I've talked to other military spouses where when I've brought that up, I'm like, well, you kind of have to mourn the life you thought you were going to have. And they're like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Because now I can't picture where we're going to be in five years. I don't know Mm -hmm. where we're going to live in five years. Whereas when he had been talking about going to PA school or something, I was like, well, yeah. And then we'll probably stay in Boise, Idaho. Like, well, in five years, we'll be in Boise, Idaho. Now it's like, I mean, I know where we're going to be in the next year, but it's like, I know where we're going after Korea, but after that, it's all just up in the air. Like you just Mm -hmm. don't know. And so I, I found myself, that was kind of one of the hardest things aside from just the solo parenting, which is exhausting, but, um, was just feeling, being able to feel sad about what I thought my life was going to look like. And then it looking so different. And honestly, the first two weeks he was gone were, I wouldn't say easy, but they were easier. It got harder, like the longer he was gone. Cause I think that first two weeks, it's just kind of like, okay, I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm going to just do this. I'm going to be super mom. Like you have all this motivation. You're still kind of numb from them leaving. Mm-hmm. And then by it was right at the end of week, like the second, like week two that I was like, it's time to go to therapy. <laughs> so <I'm> <laughs> reality had kind of set in for you. Yes. You're and like, was, Oh yes. shoot, this is my life now. <laughs> yes. And I was able to find an amazing therapist that he was a member of the church and he actually is a chaplain in the army reserves. And oh, so cool. he was very, and that was, I did not know that when I first went to him, I thought I just cool. went to, he was a member of the church and 
then he's like, oh, I thought you came to me because you're military. I was like, no, I didn't know you were military. <laughs> it was just a match made in heaven. That's he cool. was so wonderful and like helped me through so much stuff and, and helped me work through childhood trauma. I mean, we did not just talk about being a military wife. Like there was all sorts of things. It was just, it was awesome. It was, That's I mean, so I wouldn't awesome. go back to that time, but it was right. in but hindsight. A lot, of, a lot of growth happened then. Yes. In hindsight that year. So that was 2018 was a blessing. Like in That's so many cool. So. so how do you feel like your, your experience now? Like, cause let's see. Mm -hmm. So what, what year did he enter the military? So he just hit his five-year mark because okay. he, so we're still kind of newbies to the military life, like realistically, but he, he joined April of 20 or sorry. Yeah. April of 2018. Okay. So how do you feel like you're, you know, taking in the last five years, how can you say that your experience as a military wife has ex has impacted your role as a mother and a wife, honestly. Um, I think it honestly has just kind of helped me to be more flexible in general because so there was this joke going around in the military community when COVID first hit where everything shut down and there was just this thing and everyone would pass this, this like meme around. And it just said, man, some of you have never had the government mess with your plans before. And it shows <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, we're just, and granted COVID sucked for all of us, but we're just kind of used to like, they just kind of control our lives a little bit yeah. and we don't really have a say in it. You can kind of say where you want to live, but you can't choose that. And so I think as a mother, um, it's actually, I don't know. That's kind of a hard question to like figure out. And even in the, when we talked about yeah. before, like it's mm -hmm. hard for me to like put it into words, but I think it's just made me like really empathetic toward my kids because I just think about like, if I'm struggling with like the moves and stuff, like they don't even understand what's happening. I mean, Colette's mm -hmm. 11, so she probably understands more, but like my poor little boy, like the one boy we have, he's so, he has like all this anxiety because he just, over, he's me. He's over, he overthinks things and he, and how old is he? Remember, he's eight. Okay. Um, he'll be nine in August. And he just, he doesn't understand why we have to move every few years. And he doesn't understand why dad has to be gone for a week at a time sometimes. Mm. And um, yeah, that's hard. And he had heard us like talk about North Korea and we're not like actually worried about North Korea, right. but he like hears it and it's scary to an eight year old. And so yeah. I think it's honestly just made me so much more where normally I'd be like, Oh, don't worry about it. It's okay. I'm not worried about it. You shouldn't be worried about it. Like it's, it's caused me to kind of slow down a little bit and be like, yeah, I can see why he would be worried about that and just kind of validate that. Um, and again, I don't know if that's really because Brandon's in the military, but I, it's kind of like we all struggle together. Mm -hmm. And so when Brandon's gone, like there were so many times where Colette would come to me and especially the first time he was gone and just be crying. She's like, I just miss my dad. And then I would cry and I'd be like, I miss him too. And we Aww. just would cry together. And there's a lot of kind of comfort in that. Like, yeah crying, being able to just cry with somebody and being like, yeah, we're going to feel sad about this together. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, and I think my kids have been better off emotionally because of that. And I, that wasn't a, an ability. I really feel like I had before we experienced life away from Brandon, you know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love that. That's really sweet. Actually. I think yeah. that we could they all do really, more of that. They were very tender moments that I, don't, I'm not like eager to experience them again, but right. like, but it was really I'm like looking back, it's very sweet to think about. Yeah. And I'm sure that emotionally made you like bond with your kids and like made you closer yeah. with them, you know, because yeah. you were able I, to experience those emotions together. Yes. I like to think it did. So hopefully, hopefully like, they remember crossed. that moment. <laughs>
Like, remember that instead of the time I was yelling at you. Yeah, exactly. You're like, but remember I was a nice mom too. And we cried together. That was so sweet, right? And they're like, yeah, Yeah. you also yelled at us. (laughs) In the same day or the same hour. Oh yeah, that's okay. Isn't that all where we all are, honestly? So what are some of the unique challenges that you feel like military families face when it comes to parenting? Because, I mean, there's the obvious thing, like, Obviously, you have to be a single mom sometimes. And so can I actually interrupt and correct you? Yes, please. Okay. And this is not a snooty thing. This okay. is not maybe snooty. No, so please. We refer to it as solo parenting. Oh, that's better. That's single, better. Because being a, or a solo mom, because a single mom, it's basically because I don't want to ever discredit. And I don't feel like you were doing this, but everybody right. would be like, oh, you're like a single mom right now. And I'm like, no, I'm a solo mom because a that's- single mom usually has to financially provide for her kids. Yeah. My husband's working and I'm getting a paycheck every two weeks without me having to go to work. So I just always want that. No, that's really good. I like that a lot. I've never thought about that before. And I totally see why, because not only that, but it also almost invalidates a single mom's experience too, because it's like, exactly. And that's like, why whoa, 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 yeah. nobody's yeah. working for me. You know what I mean? So yeah. I like that. That's really cool. So okay. what's funny is I thought I coined that. I thought I came up with solo parent because everyone <laughs> would ask me like, well, I'm not a single mom. I'm a solo mom. Until my therapist one day was like, yeah, you're solo parenting. And I go, wait, is that a thing? He's like, yeah, that's what we call it in the military community. I was like, thought I came up with it, but I guess <laughs> you're like, dang it. I really <laughs> thought that was my idea. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. We'll pretend it was your idea. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. I would like five cents every time somebody uses that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I wish it worked that way. <laughs> um, so besides solo parenting, cause that's like, I feel like pretty a well-known yeah. thing about military families. Like what's another, what are some other like unique challenges that you feel like you face as a parent, but also as like a family? Honestly, I have been surprised at the amount of goodbyes that we really have say Yeah. And I think that's something that I didn't, I mean, I always knew, yeah, military families move around and, you know, so they obviously have to say goodbye to their friends, but the number of times that people actually like that people are moving away from us, like that we're staying in the same place and people are moving away is so hard. Like we say, we say more goodbyes or see you later because we really do end up in the same place with a lot of people, which Mm -hmm. for better or for worse. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, we say so many goodbyes and they're so hard. So, I mean, probably some, like some of the hardest goodbyes we've ever had to say are to our military friends who are basically, they feel like family because you don't live by your family. So they become family. And I mean, the friend that's visiting me right now, she's my sister. Like we don't even like beat around the bush. Like she's my sister that's and her awesome. kids are my nieces and nephew, or niece, nieces and nephew. And like her husband is my brother. Like, that's just like what it feels like. And so we've just had to say some really hard goodbyes and and I think that that's just something that it's not as well known or as well thought about that. That's really hard to, cause I think most people probably don't move it. Well, if they're moving, sometimes they move within the same state or they move w- even within the same city. They're not always moving literally halfway or all the way across the country or, or world around the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just, that's, I think the part as far as the relationships go, I think that's the part that's hardest on me because my kids still will cry sometimes about missing their friends in Washington. Yeah. And those friends who were in Washington aren't even in Washington anymore. Yeah. My kids don't understand why. Yeah. So how do you help? Like, how do you help them with that? Cause I mean, even like Brooklyn has like friends who live, this is gonna, this is so, so stupid. Ashley. No, I, I have to apologize. It's really not. I promise. It's I, not. so we have, uh, 
like friends that we, we used to live in Provo and now we live in Eagle mountain, which is like 30 minutes yeah. away. Right. Yeah. So yeah. obviously like when we lived in Provo, we were students. So it's like, we made friends with other students and everybody kind of like, you know, dispersed. And a lot of people are still in Utah County, yeah. but like they're in Orem. And I'm like, Oh, that's 25 minutes away. Like, sorry. They move, like, we can't go see them anymore. <laughs> like, I don't I know. know what to tell you. It doesn't sound stupid to me. It really doesn't. So I mean, like, what do you do? Like, what, how do you help your kids like understand that? Like, Oh, you know, so-and-so is like, how do you help them like come to grips with that and then help comfort them? It's <laughs> honestly, I think the best thing. So we do always remind our kids, like, remember how we, we've, we knew people in Missouri who then moved to Washington and were there with us later. We remind them that we're probably going to see these people again. Um, but honestly, the biggest thing is just to be like, I know, I know this sucks when they're like, but I miss, I miss Millie and I miss Lucy. And I, you know, I miss all these mm-hmm. people. Yeah. I miss them too. Like, yeah. and I'll be like, do you know that their mom is like my best friend and I really miss her and it's mm-hmm. really hard. So it's the same thing where it's just, I know you're having a hard time. I believe you that you're having a hard time. And I believe that this physically feels bad to miss them. And I physically feel bad because I miss them too, you know? And so mm-hmm. I think just honestly, like validating, I just think with, with parenting and I'm not the perfect parent, but one thing I've like made a very conscious effort to do over the last few years, especially since Brandon joined the military is just to validate what my kids are feeling. When I they tell they're feeling a, way, a certain way. I believe you. Like I try to use the words. I believe you. I'm scared about this. I believe you. I believe you that yeah. you're, I believe you're not just doing this for attention. Yeah. Like I won't say that part, but that's what I mean by that. Is yeah. I believe right. That right, right, right. I don't think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe that you, that you miss those friends. And I believe that you just feel sick inside because of how much you miss them. Because I felt that too. And, and also I remember being your age and my best friend moved away and that was really hard on me. And it took a long time for me to feel better for that. And so it's mm-hmm. okay that you feel this way right now. Are you and talking about me? <laughs> total. Well, I remember that was really hard. And you moved out to Nampa. I mean, it's I the know. same kind of thing where it's, yeah. like, it's like a 30 minute drive. I know. It's like, we can't see them anymore. They live across the, the county line. Right. That, felt, <laughs> that felt like you were on the other side of the world. Yeah. I remember that. And, and that was really hard. I mean, we were kind of frenemies. We were all. Yeah, the that's true. But for like, all of our dear listeners. Ashley and I have known each other since we were like in like fourth fourth grade. grade? I think so. I think fourth grade was when I moved to that neighborhood. So did you have Mrs. Ashby? Or did you Um, have Mrs. I didn't, but she's actually in my parents' ward now. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I'm friends with her on Facebook, but anyway, sorry. Side note, continue. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. You're too fine. But we were awful to each other, but you moving away actually was the best thing for our friendship. Let's be honest. Cause like we so much nicer to each other. We got in a lot of fights. Like, Oh, it was so bad. We were total friends. It's like over dumb, stupid stuff over a boy, one particular boy. Yeah. It was stupid. So anyway, really seventh um, grader stuff. I know. I know. We were so mature. Um, yeah, but I just, I think just like, Telling, talking to them about experiences when I was a kid and I felt that way. Cause there's, I'm so surprised as my kids, I don't know if you've experienced that too much with Brooklyn. Cause I know she's still pretty young, but like the older my kids get, the more I'll see them do things or I'll see them acting a certain way. And I'm like, I remember being that age mm-hmm. and I remember doing stuff like that. And I remember what I was thinking when I did it and it's weird and kind of creepy and surreal and all the things, but it's just it makes it so much easier for me to like relate to them on a personal level. So validating is what I try to do when it comes to friends moving and us moving and 
because I, I try not to fix it. I try to be like, oh, you'll make new friends. Yeah, like, that's smart. That's not helpful for my yeah, kids because sure. I've tried that and it didn't. They didn't make friends on the first day and then it was really hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you, do you feel like um, do you feel like because you've talked a lot about therapy, like on your socials and you've talked, you've mentioned it here a few times. Yeah. Do you, did you start therapy for the first time when Brandon started the military or had yeah. you been in therapy before? So do you feel uh, like yeah. and how long did you how long were you in it? And then you're in it again right now, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I. So I'm on my fourth therapist okay. and that was not because I didn't like the others. It was just because of moving and, mm-hmm. and other things and different. Do you meetings. get like referrals when you do another one or do you just find one or. So it depends on like, it depends on a lot of things, but it depends on like your insurance and what they'll cover. And I'm not going to get into all of that, but yeah. basically I, so the first therapist, I just basically Googled LDS therapists in Boise, Idaho area mm-hmm. And it came up with this clinic and I actually found a different therapist and called to schedule an appointment with him and he wasn't taking new patients. So they referred me to this other one that ended up being in the army. Military guy. Cool. Yeah. So it was awesome. So I saw him weekly for the full, like five months, pretty much starting after the second week that Brandon was gone. I saw him weekly, uh, minus like a, since he's in the reserves, he's gone for two weeks over the summer. So there was like two weeks in there where I didn't see him. Mm-hmm. And I saw him weekly. And then when we, Brandon got home, we moved to Missouri and I was, well, I thought I was okay for a while, but I immediately got pregnant with my fourth baby and actually had really bad, like prenatal depression and then, mm-hmm. um, postpartum depression. I'm um, sorry. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it happens. I knew I was a little bit more prone to it. Um, yeah. cause I had postpartum depression after my third. So had a really hard time, moved to Washington was actually doing really well. And then it kind of, I started noticing just kind of the symptoms of postpartum depression again. So Mm -hmm. when my fourth was six months old, five, six months old, I actually went and got put on, um, a low dose, like antidepressant because I was in a situation, like we just moved to Washington. Um, some of the anxiety and stuff was creeping up again. And I didn't feel like I could just go see a therapist. I didn't live Mm -hmm. by family. I didn't know how I would go to therapy. So medication was the way we went and that actually worked really well for a while. And then some things kind of just happened in my family, um, like my, among my siblings and stuff that was really challenging. It's not something we're going to get into here, Oh, that's fine. Um, but it was just really stressful. So then I, um, it was during COVID and so you couldn't actually go in and see a clinic. So I just Googled LDS therapists that do zoom meetings basically like in Washington. Cause it has mm-hmm. to be based on your state therapists typically can't cross state lines unless they have a license in the state they're in and the state that you're in. Gotcha. There's things in play. They're trying to kind of change that, but as of right now, I don't think it's changed. So I found one that was on the other side of Washington and I met with her um, to kind of help me work through some of this family stuff. And I probably only saw her maybe every other week for four months. And then I felt like I was in an okay place and we didn't really have anything else to talk about. So we moved on. Um, and so with both of those, I didn't get a referral, um, because of the insurance we were on for the first one, I didn't need a referral. The second one, she doesn't actually accept insurance. So I just paid out of pocket. And I mean, people don't talk about money. I do. It was $85 a session. So for just for reference from people, uh, for for people, and that was worth it to me. So then we moved to Korea and shockingly, moving (laughs) to Asia. Therapy again? 
really hard. <laughs> like, Especially moving weird. across. Yeah. Culture shock is like a thing. And mm-hmm. so I went on to military one source, which my um, military friends would be familiar. Anybody who's affiliated with the military is, is familiar with it. And I was able to reach out and find a counselor through them. And it's 100% confidential. It never gets reported. It's completely free for us. Um, and we were able to do phone calls. He's in, he was in Hawaii and we were able to do phone calls over the phone. And he actually helped me delve into a lot of like childhood trauma, which was really helpful. I thought I was going on to talk about how to not yell at my kids. And we actually talked about childhood trauma, which weirdly helped like, okay. And then now I just, so I, I saw him, I would only get 12 weeks with him before I would have to bring up like a new issue, but 12 weeks was enough. Like it felt good. It was awesome. And then it was, um, maybe a month ago, well, a couple months ago, I started struggling again and it just kind of went on and on and on. And I was just really, I don't know how else to explain. I just was struggling. And so I went back to therapy and there's, uh, I see a Korean therapist and she is just adorable and I love her. And (laughs) She, it's like five minutes from my house and I just go once a week and we just talk and she's helping me. She helped me figure out that I'm an overthinker. She helped me figure out that I have this need to feel like I'm accomplishing things and how that has negatively, how that's a good thing, but how it's negatively impacted my thoughts when I don't Mm -hmm. feel like I'm accomplishing things. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just been really good. Like I've actually honestly really loved all of my therapists. I've had awesome. very good luck with, we've only experienced one bad one and it was for my daughter and we are never going back to that clinic again. And that's mm-hmm. okay because yeah. it was a good fit for us. But, and that was so what so were your kids in therapy. So my kids are not in therapy. The goal was to get them in therapy. And then we had the really bad experience here with my daughter's therapist that we had gotten her into. Um, and so it kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. And yeah. so that's not something that we're, I'm ready to like visit again yeah. yet. The goal is to get them in therapy at some point. Um, it may wait until we're back in the States. It's things have actually been getting a lot better since I've been working on my stuff. Yeah. Um, which is like just the natural order of things, right? Like how mm-hmm. am I supposed to know if my kid needs therapy if I'm not figuring out my own stuff, you know? And so, yeah, I was going to ask you, do you feel like, um, when we were talking about how you validate your kids' feelings, um, and do you feel like your therapy has helped you come up with that? Or do were you doing that before? I am going to answer that question. I'm going to preface this with, I love my own parents dearly. And I know that my parents feel like they made mistakes because we're all going to screw up our kids in different ways. Right. One thing my parents, didn't do growing up was they didn't validate feelings very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they acknowledge that my mom is a therapist now. And so she like, she's like, Oh, she's like, huh, Oh, okay. I should have done. And my mom <laughs> is very good at validating feelings now. And my dad yeah. is, um, growing up, they didn't. So that has always been something that's kind of important to me, but it probably took, I'd probably been a mom for a couple of years before, like probably three years before I realized, Oh, that's one reason I struggle with these things today is that I didn't feel validated as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't blame my parents for my issues. My issues are my own, but, right. um, but yeah, so I think it has actually been something that's been very important to me, but I think therapy has kind of helped me know how to do that. So I've always wanted to do it. I've always kind of tried to therapy's helped me learn kind of how to say it in a way that my kids are going to be. And it's helped me understand how important it is. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Totally. So what other supports have you found within the military community? Um, and like, 
have you been able to use or utilize? Because therapy is a great one. But what are other supports that you found within the military community that you feel like you wish you could tell people about? So that one's kind of hard because I'm not the best at like getting involved in like, mm-hmm. the community. I'm not, I'm never, not either. Yeah, I never really have. I'm kind of just focused, like hyper focused on like, I have these children I have to keep alive every yeah. day. And they're trying to unalive I'm themselves. The all the time, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, so so for me personally, yes. So the church has been really important and, and not just the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Like I know not everybody's a member of that church. Yes. Probably not all of your listeners are with, um, I know the people who tend to have the best experiences within the military, they are tied to some kind of church, um, or group of like, like-minded people. So even if you're agnostic or atheist, like if you're connected to a group of people who are similar, even if you're not talking about your belief system, it's really helpful. And so I, there are communities like that. So in Washington, I actually joined a mops group, which I don't know if you're familiar with mops. Have you ever heard of mops? I okay, have so no idea what you're talking about. It's not military affiliated at all. So mops okay. stands for mothers of preschoolers and it's, oh, a, Christian, cool. it's a worldwide worldwide might just be nationwide anyway like us anyway it's a community of women it's a christian owned thing but different churches basically kind of i don't know if it's like they sponsor it or what but it's it was anyway i went to this mops group and it was at this um christian i don't even really know what branch of like christianity they were but some protestant church and we would drop off our kids for child care there they have Childcare and it's it, you pay like a thirty dollar annual fee and then you have like twenty dollars per quarter or something. It was okay. pretty affordable. Yeah. Um, but you drop off your kids for childcare and then you get to go sit in this big room and you're assigned a table with these different ladies and you get to like just socialize and hang out and then they always had some kind of a lesson um, that was some kind of Christian. It was usually Christian based, but they had like a child therapist come in and talk to oh, us about. Cool how to help our children regulate their like, um, emotions. emotions and things like that. And they had a dentist come in and that one actually sucked because he talked for forever. And then it was actually, we all left feeling like we're terrible moms because <laughs> our children's teeth are terrible, but they would have, that was the only bad one over the like two years that I went. So I, I went there and there were a lot of military moms there, but most of them were not military moms, but we mm-hmm. all had very similar values, even though we weren't members of the same church, like we all had similar values. And so I think that there's just a lot of power in connecting with other moms. Cause it was like specifically moms, mm-hmm. um, they have similar views and similar views of the world. And, and it was just a very hopeful, like I always left feeling it was twice a month and I always felt like left feeling uplifted and yeah. like, okay, I can get through this. And when Brandon left for Korea, cause he came, he was here for, for six months without us. Um, my mops group was so helpful, like with everything, cool. they were so encouraging. And I knew they were praying for me every week cause they do That's prayer. So awesome. And, yeah. So it was really wonderful. And then just the wards for like our own church too. I love military wards. Like they have their issues or their cliques or their funny people that are. But doesn't oh, every like ward like church congregation, other, like exactly. let's be honest. It's just like every other congregation does. in the world, there's going to be someone that rubs you the wrong way. There's going to be somebody that you don't particularly mm-hmm. like catch with, but the military wards, like our experience has been 
that you move in and they come in and they go, how long are you here for? And you said in Missouri, we were like nine months and they were like, well, then we better learn to love you fast was like their <laughs> attitude. Mm-hmm. Whereas I know others have been like, oh, well then we don't have to bother to get to know you because you're not here for that long. But we made really good friends with people in our short time in Missouri and, you know, made people who were, they feel like long distance family now. And mm-hmm. so that just, I do love that. And that's a huge kind of, I guess, resource in the military is you just need people. Like it takes a village. Finding, finding like-minded people. Yes. With, even within your, like within, cause like, obviously you can relate to all the other military moms, but that doesn't mean that you're like-minded or that you have similar yeah. interests. So I agree. I yeah. think it's important to find people who you feel that you can connect with, even within mm. the groups that you're already in. Yes. And you know, what's interesting that you say that too, is that there is a level of, it's kind of like your friends who are the members of the same church as you, you have a different level of understanding with them than you do with even friends who have all the same values as you, but don't believe the same things necessarily. For sure. And so it's the same with like the military community. Like I love being with friends who are, even if they're not members of my church, they're a military mom mm-hmm. because they understand the military lifestyle on a level that like, I could spend hours telling you what, right. mm-hmm. what it's like. I could spend hours telling you the funny cultural things within the military or what it's like to wait on orders and know that you're supposed to be moving in two weeks and you still don't have orders and you know, whatever, like I could tell you all about what that's like, but if yeah. you haven't lived through it, you just don't understand it. Yeah, and I for sure. That, well, they just don't understand how hard this is for me. And I've had to come to the point where I'm like, they don't understand and that's okay. I can't right. expect people to understand fully because I have this village of people over here that do understand and, and that's great. And I'm grateful for those people. Right. So, mm-hmm. so it is, I, so, I mean, it, not necessarily, I guess it is advice, advice to like other military moms, if they're struggling with like feeling a community, go get involved. If you're, you know, Catholic, they have like Catholic women of the chapel. That is like a military thing. If you're Protestant, they have Protestant women of the chapel, which is like a Bible study that they, that you do once a week. And, um, you know, if you're LDS, like get involved with your ward. It's just like, there's get involved with people who are other military families that are going through the same struggles with you. And if they're your same religion or they're close enough, like more power to you. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's been a game changer. And I actually did go to Protestant women of the chapel for a while until it just didn't fulfill a need for me. And Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm friends and I hang out with a lot of the women from there because they're just really wonderful people and, and they understand the military life. So. And you can relate. That's awesome. I can relate. Yeah. Um, well, so what are some misconceptions Kind of like when you talked about single parenting versus solo parenting, um, stuff like that, that you would like to challenge or, and, and how can we better support our military moms? So and dads. So this might be invalidating for some military spouses. So I'm just going to like trigger warning, I guess. Okay. <laughs> um, people think my husband has gone a lot more than he is. Like they really do. Like they, I'll have friends that are just like, man, I just don't understand how you, handle your husband being gone all the time. Meanwhile, he's home for lunch for like an hour and a half that day. And he's (laughs) got off. He's getting off at 5 PM kind of thing. Mm -hmm. He's been working some crazy hours lately. And so depending on the job, he does have to work crazy hours. He has to work sometimes on a holiday or sometimes on a weekend because there's, they have to have somebody there at work all the time. So they like take turns, like being there. Um, and then of course we have our 
five months of training that we were, he was gone. He's been gone for another month straight for something. And then he spent six months apart from us here. Oh, like when he was here. Okay. But you also side note, you also were like expecting to not see him for like a full right. year, possibly for a year. Yeah. So that's, you have to give yourself a little credit because Okay. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Well, <laughs> actually we were expecting to only not be able to see him for two months. And then once we reached the two month mark and we still didn't have approval to move to Korea, then we were like, Oh, it might be the full year. And then it ended up only being six months that we were apart from him. And then he came home for a month and then helped me fly over with the kids. And so, but he was he stationed here for seven months without us. And so, um, that's but they, still a long time. Just it is. And when you think about like, we, we've basically been apart one full year and then a couple extra weeks yeah. um, in five years of him being in the military. So I'm like, oh, 20% of the time. Okay. That's fine. Right. Like yeah. 20% of the time yeah. we've been gone. That's, and then that's not including normal work hours. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. extra work. So it is a lot, but I, I think people picture that he's just like deployed all the time. And I'm like, yeah. well, if my husband's infantry or field artillery, he probably is going to be deployed a lot more, but he's chemical. So he's not deployed. Like, ever right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one thing, but I don't want it to be like invalidating, but as far as like supporting like military spouses, um, at the risk of sounding petty, <laughs> we love petty. pettiness. If, if we this love makes, pettiness. <laughs> if this makes you sound really bad, you just cut it out of the Okay. <laughs> one thing that I have talked to other spouses that's really annoying to them is when there's two things. And it's happened every single time my husband's been gone for any length of time. And two things always happen. And sometimes it's from other military spouses, but usually it's from non-military spouses. And, and here's the disclaimer is that we, we always try to use our own experiences to understand other people's. And I understand that that's what these individuals are doing. They're well-meaning. They didn't do anything wrong. But if we're, if I'm on a soapbox at this moment, this is what I'm saying. If you want to be supportive with your words, this is what you can do. So what happens is my husband leaves for a month and somebody's like, Oh, how long is your husband gone for? And I said, Oh, he's gone for a month. And they say, Oh, I'm glad it's only a month or at least it's only a month or, Oh, I'm glad it's not like six months. I thought he was going to be gone for six months. And it just is kind of like, but he's still gone for a month. (laughs) Yeah. Like I realize six months or a month isn't six months, but it's, and it's hard. And so I've tried to tell people like, yes, I'm glad that he's not gone for six months. And also this is hard. And then it it goes back to the validating feelings thing, right? Like it's it's completely invalidating how sad I am. (laughs) No, I don't need somebody to fall to my feet saying you are super mom. I don't know. No, just, Oh man, I'm so sorry that he's gone for a month. Yeah. And leave it at that. And leave it at that. What can I do? What can I do for you? Right. The same thing you would do for anybody struggling with something else. Just like, I'm so sorry. That sounds really hard. What can I do? So the other thing we get is, Oh man, I know exactly how you feel because my husband will occasionally like he goes on business trips and he'll be gone for like one or two weeks at a time. And so I just know exactly how you feel like that would be so hard. They're trying to validate, right? Yeah. There's a difference between two weeks and six months. Oh, for sure. What I've responded to with that is, you know what? Any length of time is difficult. And I'm sorry that your husband has to leave for two weeks at a time. I tried really hard not to get angry because I used to get really angry about it. Instead of like, look, I'm going to, you're trying to validate. I see you. I appreciate what you're doing. I'm going to validate you because really it doesn't matter whether they're gone for two weeks or six months. It's all hard. Yeah. It's just harder. But the 
I, I mean, I had one individual who really liked to tell me that she knew exactly how I felt because her husband, he would go for a week long business trip every other month, which is hard. Mm-hmm. But she was telling me this when I was on month two of my six month separation from my husband. And you were like, I cannot with this right now. Yeah. And I kind of didn't respond in the best way. I kind of was just like, well, I mean, my husband's gone for six months. And then I literally turned and walked away because I couldn't, I was not in a mental place where I could do that. So just, man, that is so sorry. Or I mean, I'm so sorry. That's so hard. It's really the best thing. Like, cause yeah. the deployments are hard. And the, and I feel like sometimes we put up a good front. We put up a good front of like, yeah, this is just, oh, the other thing is you chose this lifestyle. We've gotten that a lot too. <laughs> he chose this. So it was gonna be hard. I'm like, yeah, well, I chose to have five kids and that's hard too. Like yeah. I chose to get married and sometimes marriage is hard. Like sometimes I would just like to be alone. Right. Yeah. That's so, like, such a stupid thing to say. You're like, well, you chose yeah, this. You no. can't say that to anybody. Yeah. Like, about anything. Every life circumstance. You chose to go to medical school. Did you not think it was gonna be hard? No, I knew it was gonna be hard. And also it's harder than I thought it was gonna be, right? Like and also I knew it was gonna be hard. So let me feel like it's hard. So let me feel like it's hard. Like let just me be okay. You know let me just tell you that it is hard. I was right. <laughs> just because so, you know something's gonna be hard doesn't mean that you don't like, do it. That you don't do it. Right. I mean, yeah. I've, I've heard people say that about like I, I was thinking about when you interviewed her name is Maddie, right? With the foster mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. Like I've heard people say like, like, so even my friend that's here, they fostered for a while and people would be like, well, I mean, you chose to foster and it's hard. Yeah. You're like, you know, like it can be an and statement. Not like, I think we can like, make our lives a lot harder on ourselves. I think that a lot of our own, a lot of our pain sometimes is self-inflicted and it's hard. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Sorry. I'm getting all kinds of, no, no, I love it. We love the passion. Yes. Every life circumstance. I'm like, just be kind and just validate people. That's all we need. Like don't blame people. I don't care what somebody's done in their life. Don't blame them for their hardships because we all experience natural consequences and sometimes natural consequences suck, but it doesn't mean we did anything wrong. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't mean we did anything wrong. And it's not for me to like say that to somebody else. So, you know, it's just, that's my, that's my little spiel if we want. Well, do you have any like final thoughts that you feel like if you could like leave one last thought with the listeners, Mm -hmm. um, like what you want them to know either about military families, about parenthood in the military or just like what's one final thing you'd like to say is there anything on your mind I think I just yeah so this is something my mom has reminded me of and this is an actual like therapy thing so I want to be a therapist one day so I'm really into that kind of crap right yeah you're going to school right not currently I finished my bachelor's and I know I'm gonna go for my master's and anytime I've like prayed about it or thought about it. It's like, now's not the time. So that's okay. where I'm at right now. I'm playing the waiting game. I'm you got time. My, I'm waiting on my other dream. First, you got married mom. when you were 18. So you've got so much time. You know, I'm practically a doctor because it did take me eight years to get my bachelor's degree. So <laughs> I did true. have five children in that time, but you know, I'm basically yeah. a doctor. So this is like a therapy thing, but kids don't need perfect parents. Kids need good enough parents. Mm -hmm. And it's literally, they call it the good enough Mm -hmm. mom. And ever since I heard that, ever since I was like, I just need to be a good enough mom. It changed the way I look at how I mother, because when I have a bad moment, it's like, I'm still a good enough mom because good enough moms lose their temper. A perfect mom doesn't lose her temper, but guess what? A perfect mom doesn't exist. Yeah. So I think in whatever aspect or like whatever situation we're in, I think that's the main thing where 
when I'm talking to other moms, if I can just like let them know in like a way, because sometimes you're a good enough mom might come across as condescending, like, well, you're good enough, but I'm better. And that's not how I mean right. it. Mm-hmm. If I can let kid, like other moms know you don't have to be perfect. Stop trying to be perfect. You can be a good enough mom. And the moment today, maybe I'm a, maybe my good enough looks better than it will tomorrow. Or maybe it looks better than it did two weeks ago or six months ago. I know for a fact that my good enough right now looks better than it did six years ago. Totally. And so it's like, you just have to be good enough and you're the perfect person to raise your children. Even if you don't feel like it, you do the best you can and your best looks really crappy sometimes. And guess what? Kids are, are freaking resilient. They really are. I'm like, especially, especially when you help them understand that you're just a human, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's a huge shift, like a a huge mental shift in our generation of parents is We, we say, look, like I, that was, that was my bad. I messed up there. Yeah. Like I shouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry. I just feel like there's been a huge mental shift in our generation of parents where we're like totally fine with being like, Hey, look, like, I'm so sorry. Like I shouldn't have done that. And it's not like, Oh, well I'm old. It's not like the Matilda style parent, right? Where it's like, I'm big, you're small. small. I'm smart. You're dumb. I'm big. You're whatever. Yeah. Yeah, You know, exactly. Cause I feel like and, and again, like our parents, I think to their credit, did the best that they knew Absolutely. how with the resources that they had. And my mom and I talk about this all the time that like, my mom's like, man, you're so lucky you have Instagram these days because you have so many like resources on the internet. And I'm like, and she's like, but also it's a catch 22 because yeah. Instagram also causes a lot of different problems. You Love know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. But yeah, Can they I just sure. didn't have the resources. Yeah. Can I share one quick story? You yes, can choose no. whether or not to keep this in, but no, please maybe do. your listeners will appreciate this. So yeah. Emmett, so Emmett's my son, he's eight and he's been doing this thing at, like almost every night where he comes in and goes, mom, I was thinking about something. Can I talk to you for a minute? I'm like, yeah. And he starts telling me about his worries, which is great. I'm glad he talks to me. So one night he comes into me and this is after I started therapy, thankfully, or else this would have broken me. Yeah. He comes in and he goes, this was like three weeks ago. And he goes, Sometimes I worry he's in tears. Sometimes I worry that when I get older, I'm not going to be a good parent. And I said, Oh, that's interesting. Let's talk about that. Why do you worry that you're not going to be a good parent? And I could tell he doesn't want to say what he's thinking. And I said, you can say anything and you're not going to be in trouble. I want to hear what you're thinking. And he said, well, sometimes I think I'm not going to be a good parent because sometimes you're not a good parent. (laughs) And I, instead of breaking down crying, like I would have done three weeks before, I laughed and then said, <laughs> yeah, I can see why you feel that way. I said, I haven't really been like the best mom in the world lately, have I? And he said, no. And then I had a nice talk with him about sometimes our brains are, I, I said, you know how we talk about how our brains are really amazing. Like we've talked about how our brains can feel two different things at once. Like I can feel excited about something and super nervous about it. Or I can feel like, like our brains are amazing. And I said, and also our brains are really silly sometimes. And sometimes our brains make it really, really hard for us to be a good mom or to be a really nice mom. And I said, and I know I've like struggled with yelling and I've struggled with talking kindly. And, and I said, but you know what, at the end of the day, I love my kids. I adore every single one of you. And that's what makes me a good parent. I said, and I'm trying my very best. And he was like, okay. And I said, and you know what? I said, you have the best dad as an example of how to be a good dad. And I said, and so I have 
total confidence in you that you can be an amazing dad. And also you're going to have bad days when you're a dad. And he was just like, okay. And that's what all of our conversations lately at nighttime, when he's come in and done that have been like, is like, yeah, I can see where you're worried about that. Let's talk about this. And then he leaves and he's able to go to sleep just fine. Mm, But I just, like, he literally just told me that I was a bad mom (laughs) and I was able to laugh about it because I realized oh, man. I'm a good enough mom. Yes. Hey, and it's okay if he thinks I'm a bad mom. And it's okay if he always thinks I'm a bad mom because I adore that little boy. And yeah. I'm just a good enough mom. And that's okay. So that's what I would say to people is if your child thinks you're a bad mom, it's okay. Because you don't have to think that. There's no such thing as like, well, I don't want to say there's no such thing as bad mom. That would be a whole can of worms. But like, <laughs> you're a good enough mom. If you're, if you love your children and also sometimes wish that they weren't there, like you're a good enough mom. And if you're just doing the best that you can, right? Like that's all you can do. You can't do better than your best. And, and sometimes your best and your best looks different day to day. So, and your best looks different than Susie down the street. Yes. And Susie down the street might look like she has all together, but she's a basket case, just like the rest of us. We're all losing the crap at 90%. Some of us just do it in secret and some of us us let the world see. Yeah. I'm just really good at publicly being a basket case. Oh, I love it. I love it. You make it, it's relatable. It's relatable. relatable. That's what I'm going for. (laughs) Well, I thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know that you have one of your best friends, like you talked about there. And so I will let you get back to hanging out and I'm going to go to bed, but I hope you enjoy the rest of your afternoon because I so will. We're going to be partying. It's just going to be great. So Uh, we'll have so much fun and I will talk to you soon. Thanks. We'll see you. Bye, Ashley. Oh, man. What a good conversation we had. Um, Thanks again to Ashley for being here and for just sharing her insights. And man, what a good reminder that we don't have to be perfect. We just have to be good enough. And it's okay if we struggle because that is what it's all about. Um, just being better than we were before. And also, even if we're not better than we were before, recognizing that and trying to be better. So I'm going to say this end part for myself because I definitely, definitely need it. But I am doing better than I think I am. And tomorrow is a new day. I hope you guys have a wonderful week and I will talk to you next time. Bye bye. Please consider subscribing and leaving a rating and review. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send questions, stories, or general podcast feedback to motheringthrough.pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.